Welcome back. This is In the Margins. I'm Josh Lund. We've got Matt and Katie Fisk, and we're also being joined by Aaron Jackson, who is uh, bringing us through this. And uh, Aaron, I'm, I'm really excited to hear uh, this Sunday what you've got. But we're going to go ahead and jump into part two of Mark 1, verses 21 through 39. So Aaron, where are we at? So we're uh, we're gonna go forward here from uh, verse thirty two. So they uh, Jesus had just taken a quote unquote break. Uh, that was his time to get away from the crowds. And nice. Um, yet here he is. He just can't stop serving. You know, mm-hmm. you see a sick mother in law. You know, you got to do something about that. Got to love up on the mother in laws. Um, shout That's out to right. all your mother in laws out there. Um, but uh, but then you know something else happens because he had just preached in the synagogue earlier. News about him is spreading. Um, And then in verse 32, it says, you know, that that evening after sunset, because the Sabbath had to to end in order for people to bring um, the sick and stuff. But after sunset, it says the people brought uh, brought to Jesus all who were sick and demon possessed. And it says that 33, that the whole town gathered at the door. Um, But specifically what I have a question about, because this is going to be the second time that we that we read this Um, at the end of 34, it says he. He, Jesus, also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. And and that every time I read this, I'm just like, what in the world is that about? Like yeah, it's the weird. second time. Counterintuitive. Like, yeah, seriously. You think free publicity. That's always a good right. thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Advertisements. So yeah. what in the world? Why is Jesus shutting down the demons? What do you guys think? The only thing that comes to my mind is that like, you know, do I want a demon representing me? Like if I'm running for president, (laughs) you know, do I want, I don't know, the the KKK putting up ads for me? You know what I mean? I don't know. Like that's a little extreme, but you know what I mean? Like there's certain people that I maybe don't want. You know, that's interesting you say that because if you look throughout the rest of the book, that is actually going to become a thing because if you've read the book of Mark before and most of us have we're familiar with it. Jesus gets accused of being in league with Satan. Yeah. Because, yeah. Oh, like multiple yeah. because of yeah. this. And so maybe that's actually part of it. Hmm. Exactly what you said. Cause he already gets accused of this. Right. Like you have authority over demons cause you are one or right. you have one. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought of that. I was just thinking that Jesus gets in the most trouble with the religious leaders when he's associated with actually being the Messiah or being the son of God. Mm, And so I was thinking that he's trying to keep them quiet because he's like, look, I have three years of ministry. I I need to survive at least those three years. (laughs) So be quiet. (laughs) I'm going to expose that later. I don't know. That's what I've always. I think there's a lot. I think there's merit to that. Like Jesus's kingship, you know, would have been kind of an explosive topic. Um, And we see how quickly, even later on after, uh, Peter kind of confesses how quickly things went downhill, so to speak, um, in terms of the plot against Jesus. So I think that's there's a lot of merit to that, that Jesus is like, I, I got three more years of influence on these disciples that I got to have, and that can't be cut short. Yeah. And it's this idea, right, that um, you, you talk about the Messiah back then, everybody has their own picture of what the Messiah is going to be, right? Like, And so if you just go around saying this guy's the Messiah, well, people are going to expect something. And Jesus is like, well, I'm, I'm, I got to paint a different picture let me paint that picture first. Yeah, give me time. Right. Before you expect this military leader or a uh, political figure or whatever it is. You um, got to love how, how focused he was on his mission. Like people yeah. are coming out to find him and he's like, I, I, I have to do this. I'm supposed to do this. And he's unwavering in that. The There's a really interesting thought about the, 
they call it the messianic secret. Um, So like Jesus keeping it to himself and telling people to stop talking about how he's the Messiah. (laughs) Okay. So one of the really cool things that I, that I've read about this, and I don't, I don't know if this is the answer, but the, the suggestion is that Jesus didn't want people to understand that he was the Messiah, that he was the King, because you couldn't understand what type of King he would be apart from his suffering and apart from his death. Yeah. Were you going to talk about that? No, spot on. Go ahead. That's that's exactly right. Well, just because so far we in we're again we're not even out of chapter one yet, but what we've seen is time after time Jesus subverting the expectations of what a uh, what a the mighty one, what a king and an emperor would look like, and he's like, I am completely different than anyone you've ever seen, and I'm going to put this right. I'm going to be the king of Israel that everybody's expecting, right? And I'm going to show you real power, but it doesn't look like anything you've ever seen before. And you're never going to get it. You're not going to understand that my coronation isn't going to happen in a temple with a crown of gold. It's going to happen much later. It's going to happen 15 chapters later because there's a drama here. But he is going and and think about this for yourself, guys. When, When does Jesus ascend a throne type thing? Is there a crown that he gets? Is there any sort of royal thing? But that that comes up. That's something for you to think about. But it's like. Well, maybe you can't understand that he's the Messiah. Maybe even the demons don't really understand that he's the Messiah in this way. And so you can't put it out there like that. So really, that's the thing for you to wrestle with with the text, but then to ask yourself, is Jesus the God that you think he is? Because what happens is, what you notice is all the different groups. Josh, you said like everybody's got a picture of what the Messiah looks like. The Messiah tends to look like yourself. Mm-hmm. The, the Messiah tends to look like it, the Messiah cares about what you care about. Mm. Oh yeah. And yeah. like the, the Pharisees were like, he will know the text. He will be the fulfillment of the text. Yeah. And the, uh, the, um, the, the zealots were like, he will be a mighty conqueror and yeah. you know, all, all that stuff. And the, the Sadducees were like, he will, he will be great and rich and powerful in the you know bureaucratic circles. And it, yeah. the, it's just a reflection of yourself. And we do that now. Like, yeah. like Jesus cares about hard work and he does, he wants people to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Well, mm-hmm. that's probably you who thinks that, is that him? <laughs> mm. <laughs> like Jesus wants us to, to be comfortable and, and make money. Well, maybe does yeah. he? <laughs> like, yeah. So it's just something to think about. Is yeah. it, is it your Jesus or is it him? Jesus? It makes me think of how people were probably expecting something more like uh, Prince Ali and Aladdin. Hey. Coming in with there you go. <laughs> yes, five thousand gold in my hand. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> He's generous, so generous. <laughs> I will spare you because I know every word of that song. Yeah, he really does. No, go for it, Matt. No, I'm joking. And we're back, <laughs> and that's where we see a demon. <laughs> yeah, no, Matt, you're 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 exactly spot on. Uh, there was this messianic secret uh, that Jesus was trying to keep. Um, under you know under control and under tabs. I mean, we know today how quickly um, things can spiral just through social media or whatever. Um, and obviously, it's different. They didn't have social media back then, uh, but Jesus had to uh, quiet the demons. He had to keep um, this messianic thing kind of on a down low. Which, in one sense, to me, when I look at disciples, it helps me to give them a little bit of credit. You know, in terms of they're not as stupid quote unquote is you know i I tend to think when i read the gospels (laughs) like they're like come on jesus you're making this a little confusing here but uh what's amazing about it is when you look at uh the book of mark you see this messianic secret thing 
um, that, that's going throughout the text about uh, halfway through the gospel. Uh, Jesus is trying to keep the secret. He's trying to keep it on the down low. Um, and then when you have later on Peter's declaration um, that, that he is the Christ, uh, then he starts op- t- openly talking about um, what this means and, and how it's going to be different. And I think Jesus had to spend that, that time um, doing exactly what you were saying, Matt, subverting the expectations to show, okay, this is, this is what the Messiah is going to do. Mm. With my authority, I'm not going to come in conquest. I'm going to, uh, I'm coming to heal. Yeah, I'm coming to serve. Yeah, uh, I'm coming to. I know exactly. I get chills. Exactly. Awesome. Uh, coming to teach, and uh, and when Peter does make that declaration, um, Jesus was ready. He was like, "Okay, we're, we're going to Jerusalem. This mm-hmm. thing is happening." Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So closing this out in this last little section here, um, and I just love how jam packed this entire time, um, this whole section is. Um, but very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and, and left the house and went off to a solitary place, it says um, in verse 35. And um, as I was looking these things up and, and some of the words here, um, it, it was interesting to, to note that where uh, the NIV says that Jesus went off to a solitary place, uh, that, that that Greek word there, eremos, is uh, the same thing, same word that was used about John the Baptist being out in the desert uh, or in the wilderness. It was the same hmm. word that uh, when Jesus was led by the Spirit uh, into the desert to be tempted, it's, it's the same word. Uh, so it's very huh. interesting. It's, it's this wilderness that Jesus goes out to. So he keeps going back to the wilderness. It's great. I mean, I don't know if he, he, he's going back. He's choosing to. Um, it, what's the significance of that? I don't I mean, know, but I feel like if he keeps going back, he was led by the Spirit to do that but then he if he keeps going back almost his own, own volition it's like it's like the wilderness plays a part in ministry in his his doing stuff like you have to keep going back to the wilderness and you have to go back voluntarily oh i hate that yeah yeah <laughs> where do you want to be where, it's like going on vacation you know uh where, where are you going to go on vacation you know to get some free time to kind of kick back relax you know i'm going to go to the desert mm. i'm gonna go to the wilderness mm. Seems like an unpleasant place, you know. And it's not—it's not just his backyard. I mean, he's—he's taking the time to go somewhere where he feels like he's going to connect with God in some way. Um, But they have to go look for him. That's something to wrestle with. How often do you willingly return to a wilderness place, not just to have solitude, but like return to wilderness, you know, places and events? Because maybe that's where you have to go to recharge to be with God. Because where else do you feel like you need Him as much as when you're in mm. the wilderness? Well, exactly. and, and how funny that He does that right after all of this incredible authority is displayed, right? Like you'd think the last thing Jesus needs is support or to be oh, refilled. Oh man, or that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, uh he's been he's showing off his authority, and then he goes and gets help. <laughs> yep. That is the absolute last thing I would do. Especially of a king, right? Like, you don't need help. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, go dominate some more. Yeah. I'd be flexing yeah. hard. Oh, like, yeah. Hey, y'all check out how many demons I drove out. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he goes and prays 72. and asks for more help. Right. Or just, you know, actually being able to take advantage of the comforts of home. You know, right. he just yeah. spent all night mm. kind of healing people and stuff. And he's got this nice, nice place to be. But what it reminds me of it is fasting. To me, in my mind, that's what came to my mind. Like, okay, 
fasting is like voluntarily torturing yourself. <laughs> like, why I love it. am I doing this? <laughs> That's what I always say when I'm fasting. Time just, to torture. You, know, you, just, you need those reminders. Um, but it's funny because it's one of those things that you, you're in, you know, pain, hunger pains. You know, you're, you're struggling through it, but it's so good for you spiritually. Mm. Like you, you never doubt the outcome um uh, after after a fast but when you're in the middle of it um it, it is it can be a struggle um but that's what it reminds me of jesus is like okay i need to go to the place where god is mm-hmm. i need to go to the place where um my character will be refined where i'm more reliant on on god and and it's yeah. convicting to me because I, I think about for myself like how often um do i go to those places you know like matt like what you said how do I, how often do I voluntarily um, go to put myself in a position where I'm in need of God, where I'm just in need, especially because we have everything we need? Yeah, well, I want to say something on that because that <clears throat> that convicts me because I, when I fast, it's usually when I when I do feel like I need something. It's when things aren't going well. It's when things are hard. Yeah. That's so true. Jesus does this when I mean his ministry is popping. I mean it says the whole town was at the door. And uh, I, for Jesus, I mean, I feel like it just keeps him humble. It keeps him grounded. And for me, things are going well. Come on, I don't need to fast. I, I'm, you know, God's doing. I must be doing something right. You know, it's and uh, man, that convicts me that man, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I think this it spoke to me in a different way because, uh, first of all, I didn't know the whole like desert wilderness connection thing. So in my mind, when I was reading, I was like, yes withdraw from the people run away it's like (laughs) i'm like i mean i'm reading this and and even just the end right before we read this passage it's talking about like you said josh the whole town is there and i'm like oh my gosh that is so overwhelming like i'm thinking about all these people crowding you staring at you watching you needing you begging you i'm like yeah that makes sense that jesus withdrew but what's incredible to me is that i mean i'm he withdrew and he created space for God to speak to him and tell him what to do next. And he did, Mm, you know, go to God for that refreshment, like you guys were talking about, but, and then God told him to keep going, to Mm, move on. And, but all the people, I mean, it says the town came out and found him. Like his disciples came out and found him. Everybody came, came and wanted him to stay. And I think about for me and my character, I mean, I'm so people pleasing by nature. That would have been so hard for me to move on. Like I would have been like, no, I'm going to stay. I want to please the people. You know, I've only been here a few days. They really love me. They really want me. But Jesus was like, no, like God told me that I need to keep moving. I need to keep going. So I just think that's amazing that Jesus shows us even some of the purpose of prayer it, it gives you clarity it refocused him it restarted him it refreshed him it it gave him resolve to keep going and it redirected him as well that's true because he could have you know fed into that like the disciples were fired up they're like hey yeah yeah there's a show there's people you know they're like hey everyone's looking at you uh everyone's looking for you and uh and that little phraseology there um to use a random mckean term phraseology <laughs> i'm not sure if that's a world world or mm-hmm. not but um, it wasn't 1850 <laughs> <laughs> But the uh, but the the context was like they were they were searching like they the disciples yeah. were like this is your moment like where are you like mm. let's go back you know yeah the uh, spotlight's really on to... you exactly. you just left the stage like what are you doing yeah and it can be easy for us to be swayed by that crowd but Jesus having spent that time was like like you said Katie you know uh, getting that clarity from God was like nope this is not the reason why we're here 
that's interesting that time with God doesn't always lead to more, if that makes sense. Like actually Jesus says enough. Mm. Oh yeah. It, yeah. it leads to restraint. It leads to, mm. it leads to more focus that actually with his time with God, if it were me, like Josh was saying, I, I, I would have kept going. Like things are going well here. Time with God helps Jesus to understand and, and to remember enough here. I need to keep going to bring the kingdom everywhere. Right. And so that's really interesting that that just because we spend time with God doesn't always launch you into more. It might be altered right. or focused, but it's always right. But it reminds me, Matt, of something that I think you brought up the last time we talked, which is what is the gospel? What is the good news? We often think that it's us being rescued and us, you know, we get to go to heaven because Jesus died, which that is a big part of it, right? I can't right. stress that enough. Has that, to man, we, we get we get salvation, but um, Jesus describes it as the coming of the kingdom. Yeah. And uh, right. if Jesus just stays here and heals people, that's a very different gospel than spreading the kingdom. But if he goes out, I mean, that is continuing the work of God. So I, I love what you said there. I mean, it's just, you know, Jesus knows when to say enough and uh, because he, he really realizes what the good news is and yeah, it'll all be in balance. Healing is absolutely part of the kingdom. Personal salvation from sin will be part of the kingdom and teaching will be part of the, and correcting wrong belief. It's all part of the kingdom, but only Jesus could get it all balanced. Only Jesus could do it because all of us would do it in our own image and what we, like our strengths are, but Jesus does it the right way. And uh, gosh, what a great point, Josh. Wow. It's fantastic. Yeah, the last thing I was just thinking of is I just wonder what the people's response would be when he said, no, I need to move on. Like, I just imagine their faces like anger, Ooh. hurt, disappointment, frustration, sadness, trying to persuade, you know. Oh, yeah. And Jesus was able to stay firm in all of that. And and I think that people would have been upset and be like, no, like that this kingdom now, this kingdom bringer is not doing what they want him to do you know he's not staying or he's not doing all of their requests but jesus was able to you know just be so focused on god's purpose and god's mission and keep going yeah yeah that's awesome yeah great point it's good stuff yeah there's obviously more that can be said um i'm not sure it needs to be said <laughs> i think that's good i think we've done i think roughly i don't know it's a, about 50 minutes of discussion on this passage. We're not even out of Mark 1 yet, everybody. <laughs> oh, my God. And Come I, on. What I, what I hope you get from this is not that you need to be a super Bible nerd, but it's that there's there's layers and levels and depth to this that maybe you've never seen. Yeah, the, the Word of God is awesome. This yeah. masterpiece. And, uh, you know, the next little section here. So um, we, come back next time. But what we're going to try to do, Jesus cleanses a leper in the next passage to get you ready for it. And we're going to try to have our very special guests, Mark and Nadine Templer, oh, wow. for that, who have actually worked with people with leprosy. Yeah. And, and they're awesome. And they're incredible. But to have that that little, not just little, massive wrinkle. So come back and check that out hopefully next week. And uh, that'll be awesome. Guys, I think that's it. Yeah, guys, this is In the Margins. Um, thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next time. Uh, this is saying goodbye from Josh Lund, Matt and Katie Fisk, and Aaron Jackson. See you guys next time. Catch you later. Do, 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 do.